0: Welcome back to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. Today's guest is my good friend, Connor Murphy. If you're listening to the show and you know who Connor Murphy is, you probably know him from his social media where he's sponsored by Miller Lite. That's right, a CrossFit athlete sponsored by Miller Lite. We talk all about that and really... That's just an indication of the kind of guy he is because Connor Murphy is one amazingly fun dude. But don't let that fool you. He's incredibly smart, incredibly hardworking, and happens to be one of the best coaches in the world. We dive into his sponsorship opportunities with Miller Lite, how he got there. We also talk about his training for Buds, uh, trying to become a Navy SEAL. We talk about How he was the second fittest person in Latin America for three years, but it still didn't get him to the CrossFit games, and ultimately his time interning and getting onto the CrossFit seminar staff. So, we're gonna dive into all of that in today's interview, in today's episode of Best Hour of Their Day. And as always, I'm asking for your help. Please get out there, please share this episode with your friends if you enjoy it, tag us on social media. Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It's the best way to let your friends, family, members of the box know about this show. And we appreciate it. If you haven't already, head over to the website besthouroftheirday.com where you can get some cool free downloads and check out all of the archives for the past episodes. But here we go. My man, Connor Murphy.
1: All right. Oh, well, what's that, Connor? I was going to say, however long you think people will want to listen to me. I thought, look- I thought that recording thing, I was like, oh, it's live.
0: <laughs> it is live. They will listen to you forever because you are a fun individual. Too much fun if you ask me, because when I work with you on the weekends, I have to drop you off designated driver. Last time Connor and I worked together a couple weeks ago, Connor, Jenny, and Luke. Was it Luke? Luke. Went roller skating. I went back to the hotel.
1: I'm so upset that you didn't participate in that, but.
0: You know, I want to ask you this though. This is, you know, this podcast is all about just being fun, real. How does Connor Murphy stay so upbeat and positive? That is something about you. Like I see your name come up on the seminar schedule. Like I'm going to work with Connor, and I'm like, shit, I got to bring it. How does that happen? Because not everybody can do that.
1: It's funny because you asked that question off the bat and it, I think it goes a little bit deeper that I think you have to, at some point in time, either experience or have some sort of kind of relative misery that you know is out there in order to stay positive, in order to see the little things that sometimes will will want to throw you off. You realize just how small they are in the grand scheme of things and how much worse things could be. And it's, I don't know. I just, I just enjoy things more if if you just, so what was that misery for you? Um, kind of being lost. When it comes to the, the stuff in the Navy, you know, it's uh, being a SEAL was all I ever wanted to do. And, and when I suffered an injury that kind of stopped me from, from being able to live that dream, like I felt lost. I felt like I had failed. And, and from there... Oh, thank you. And so from there, it was, you know, anything... Anything else that I did didn't have as much meaning, and and I, I wanted to be something that I wasn't, and I, I felt like the world owed me something because I had done and tried to sacrifice what I thought was so much, and and getting that in return, and it and it wasn't until I moved down to St. Thomas and I met Chris Irwin when I really started to realize because because this is a guy who's been there, done that. I mean, he's he, he was a he had done everything I wanted to in a career. He was in the SEAL teams, he was an officer, he, had, he, had, he went to DevGrew, he was you know everything I wanted to be, and he didn't think the world owed him anything. And he also didn't think that anything he had done in his past should define how people feel about him today. It's like each day he had to prove that he was worth something, and he wanted people to respect him for who he was, not that he had previously had. And so when you take that approach to it, it's like, yeah, you can be fun sometimes, but if you just meet someone and you're not in the great, you're not in the greatest mood and they don't know that you have that, like you, like, especially when it comes to the seminar setting, like, like you've got to, you've got to show people kind of that side of it. And and it has to be genuine. You can't fake it. I don't know.
0: No, I think that's, I think that's great. I think, you know, if if someone said, how would you describe Connor Murphy? I would say always ready to party. That would be my definition, right? So you there's there's a difference between like, hey, you're in an upbeat mood. Most people on seminar staff are going to bring it for those, you know, two 10-hour days. But yeah. you are then, you want to go roller skating? You want to go do this? Okay, I don't need to sleep. That's hard. That's hard. So when when does Connor Murphy chill out and what does that
1: look like oh man or do you not chill out no I think you know a lot of the times Monday through Friday you know we're at work and and probably at work you would I I would be exactly how you would think I would be at work
0: yeah you're at a box all day
1: yeah but I go home and I kind of unwind and relax I um I read in the mornings a lot of times because if I don't I won't I won't do it in the afternoon. My brain's just fried from working. So that's kind of my downtime. I like to, I like to read books. I'm not very good at listening to books on tape. My mind just wanders. So I've got to kind of go at my own pace there. Uh, That would be a time that I, that I relax. I I think, I don't know. I just like saying yes to opportunities. And even though you're tired, you start to become more selective as like, I know I'll enjoy this, even if I'm tired right now, or I know that, if we make these memories, they're going to be awesome. Like, like, like down the road, once you recover and once you get that sleep, and you start feeling good again, like that's going to be such an awesome memory to have.
0: And I know, and that's, I agree with you. That's how you were, you know, with roller skating or when you're on the, you know, the cruise, water on the waves, which we'll talk more about. You're very in the moment, but have you ever been so in the moment that it's cost you like, Now I'm exhausted. Now I'm providing a shitty product the next
1: day and you've regretted it. Oh, 100%, absolutely. And I think that you need to have those times in order to master that skill, I suppose, or kind of being selective about it because it used to be, hey, I would say yes to everything. And there were times when I would be out, not enjoying myself, really just out for the sake of being out. And then the next day you're like, that wasn't even slightly worth it. Like that, now I'm miserable, I'm tired, I don't feel good. There was work that I needed to be done. Then you get like this this wave of anxiety that rolls over you and you're like, okay, I need to be selective or at least smarter about the things that are happening.
0: But those same moments were probably many nights where one thing happens and all of a sudden it was one of the most fun nights you've ever had. Absolutely. So you never know. Correct. So, you know, let's, let's go with this example. We're out, I'm at the hotel at this point. You three are roller skating. You go to a karaoke bar. Now it's, you know, it's not too late. Say it's 1030. Is there a trigger inside of you that'll say, I have to get up for a day two tomorrow? Or if Jenny and Luke were like, let's go to the next bar, are you in no matter what?
1: I think it depends on on what I'm able to control and what I'm not able to control. You know, a lot of people will see, hey, you know, oh, Connor likes to party. He goes out and, you know, he, he drinks and he was drunk this night. but. You know, if there's a responsibility the next day, there's times when I feel like I've done it enough to where I know where I'm at my limit to where it's it's going to affect kind of the the, the, the quality of what I'm able to do the following day. And, and I think that it's, it's the people as well. You know, if Jenny's like, hey, we're going to go to this next bar and we're going to take shots until we can't stand up anymore, then it's like, well, I'll go to the next bar with you, but I'm not going to drink anymore it's like when you're around those same type of people who want to just have a good time it's like hey we'll all go and we'll all participate and we'll all have a blast but it doesn't mean that it has to be like hey we're gonna go we're gonna go to the next level here
0: yeah and i don't want people leaving this to be like connor's drinking all the time i mean even that night you had like two beers it's not like you're getting completely wasted but it's for me man if i don't get my eight hours of sleep i'm wrecked or i feel like you can survive on three hours
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it may not be ideal, but there are times too, where it's like, Hey, I, I didn't get the amount of sleep my body needed, but it doesn't matter. I mean, once you're in that moment too, like you're, you're already in it. Nothing you can do can make you go back and change the amount of sleep you got. So if you wake up, you only got three and a half hours of sleep. It's like, Hey, it's time to own it. Like you made your bed, you sleep in it. Like, like this is, this is what it's going to feel like today. And you still got to bring a hundred percent.
0: Control what you can control at that point.
1: Yes. And I think that, it, it comes back to what you said. It's like, it's like also living in the moment. You know, is, I, I feel like if you're like an, an eight-hour-asleep guy and you're like, oh, man, I didn't get my eight hours. Today's not going to be a great day. It's like it's the same thing as having that, like, the whoop bracelet on. It's like, oh, you didn't get fully recovered. So now in your head, you're like, oh, I'm only 85% recovered today And this. And it's like, it doesn't matter. When it really comes down to it, like, if you have something to do, sometimes you just have to man up and do it
0: man up and do it is that something do you feel like that you've learned from the navy though like there are probably nights where you didn't get enough sleep and still had to perform so is that something you learned from the navy
1: i would say it's not something i learned from like the united states navy that was like like instilled in me there but there were there were guys and because i was very young going through they like to take me out and get me really, really drumming. I'm like a wind-up doll, right? You just wind me up and then watch me go. And it was cool for me hanging out with some of the older guys and getting that opportunity and hanging out with some of the, you know, the instructors and people who, who want to have fun with you. But then it's like the next day, you're expected to perform. So if I wanted to live in both worlds, I had to make sure I could do both. So that was something to where it was like, no matter how bad I was, it was like, hey, you've you still got to show up here. you still got to show up and you got to do your part. And um, and it, maybe that was a, a way that, that I felt like I could fit in. And then I just kind of got used to it.
0: Is being the only sponsored CrossFit athlete by Miller Lite a part of it? Do you feel an obligation to be the guy because you are sponsored by Miller Lite?
1: No. But there's probably other reasons to why I feel like I'm responsible to be that guy.
0: What What are those, you know, so... I'll give another example. We were at this summit a couple of years ago and you're like, there's some water. I'm going to jump in that water. You, I don't remember if you remember saying that, but you're like, there's water tonight. I'm going to get wasted and I'm going to be in that water.
1: Like that. I'm gonna get wasted. That doesn't sound like something I would say. You make me sound worse about actually probably on. in my head. I sound really cool, but then when <laughs> it's said back to me, that's what I sound like. No,
0: we're, we're at a summit. Point. Like it's all yeah. the trainers, but like you're, you're like, you're the guy that's bringing this party to, a, to an 11.
1: I, I think that has something to do with it. I think that there are, there are very, very responsible people. And it doesn't go with just, it's not only CrossFit trainers, it's a lot of times with CrossFit athletes and some of the fittest people in the world. They're like, hey, I don't normally do this stuff, but I know that if it's going to be with, it, or if we can get Connor involved, it's, it's going to be fun. And, and I'm not the guy to be like, I'm gonna to try to force everyone to, to drink until they get sick. But it's like, I'm gonna have the most amount of fun that I can possibly have. And a lot of times that just enables other people to be like, hey, if he's gonna do it, if he's competed before the games or if he's a trainer as well, if he's gonna do it, then then why can't I do it? So I think it kind of like allows people that. But I have to say, I mean, I, I start to be a little bit more selective with it and, and a little bit more tame with, with some of the, the antics.
0: Now you're married, you have a kid on the way. August 31st. So is this going to slow Connor down? Are we done seeing, are you going to get sponsored by like Pedialyte instead of Miller Lite?
1: I feel like Pedialyte would be a worse sponsorship. (laughs) because You know, the only time an an adult human should be consuming Pedialyte is when they've drinking too much of of what was mentioned before. Uh,
0: Well, is this something that's gone on since you were a kid? Have you always been the fun guy? Yes. That was you. Are you an only child?
1: No, youngest of three.
0: So, so youngest of three. Was it Connor Murphy needs attention? Because that's what it was. There we go. So now you, you said you worked down in St. Thomas. You, you ran the mm-hmm. box down there that our buddy Zathan is now running, correct?
1: No, Zathan's back up here. Zathan actually owns his own affiliate, uh, CrossFit Athletic Center in Worcester. So just uh, like 30 minutes down the road from where we live. How, so,
0: how, okay, so Zayton, he's back in town?
1: Yes. So Zayton's lived here now since the hurricane, you know, a, a year and a half ago.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. He's still posting pictures that look like he's down there once in a while, maybe. But um, so what was that like being down there? People think, oh, that must have been just amazing. You're, you're a CrossFit coach. You're in this destination area. Was it as fun as it sounds?
1: it's a yes and no yes in the sense of on the weekends you know you had opportunities to hang out with friends who became family you go boating there's beaches there's sun there's you know there's parties everyone you know everyone is you know wants to go out and have drinks afterwards this community was incredible you know that there's one time specific that i remember is it chris Irwin, who i was running the gym with him and his wife were the owners um he was like hey you know i'm gonna bust out my guitar and play some songs play some cover songs and this bar iggy's was like hey sure we'll have you down here and so we told our crossfit community like hey chris is going to go down here and like 70 people show up to watch chris play and have some drinks and so then every bar is like hey we got to get this guy to come play here because he brings this huge huge community so it's like the community aspect that we had down there is incredible I mean, I mean tighter than any other community that I've seen in the CrossFit world. And I think it was maybe just these, these import, you know, people who had moved down there from the States that were kind of this land of misfit toys all got together in this, and they had this kind of shared bit of wanting to be healthier while also like really enjoying the lifestyle that they live. But what I'd tell you wasn't super fun was was having to bring three or four pair of underwear to the gym because it got so hot. If I didn't change underwear between classes, I got itch. Like, no, that wasn't super fun. You know, that... When you're not at the beach, the 100% humidity and 90-degree weather isn't the most enjoyable thing in the world.
0: Yeah, you can't really go out and not sweat. You're just sweating as soon as you leave the house.
1: And it's two, and it's two-bay garage door underneath the school with, that we had, you know, 13 mismatching fans that you turn on to try to get some sort of cyclone in there to one get rid of the bugs the mosquitoes and then two just to have some sort of cooling system
0: with that being said three years in a row you were runner up at the latin america regional so training still went
1: down well yeah and that was you know it was it was simpler for me my job was to was to open the gym and to coach classes and through that comes the community piece the community part but but as well as I'm always in the gym. So I had the opportunity to train. I had the opportunity to do a morning session, an afternoon session, and a night session. And I got to have the time to work on skills instead of trying to jam everything I think I needed as an athlete into one hour. You know, I got to spend the time and skills to develop by doing an hour's worth of, of cardio in the morning and then maybe an hour lift in the afternoon or vice versa, depending on what I was doing. And then Focus on gymnastic skills. Like you don't get, I don't have thirty minutes to spend on on gymnastic skills or weightlifting practice now. So I just take my one hour class in the day. I go as hard as I possibly can, and that that works really well for me now. But I'm also not trying to develop as one of the fittest athletes in the world. I'm not trying to compete in the sport of fitness.
0: But are you still as fit doing that?
1: Arguably. Across yeah. one workout. I mean, what am I training, right? When I'm doing one workout a day for one hour. I would put myself fresh up against myself at, let's say, my fittest in 2014 when I was when I was in St. Thomas on any single workout. Yeah, absolutely. But if I was required to do seven workouts over three days, I would probably tail off in that labyrinth because that's just not what I'm doing.
0: Do you think because you were in Latin America, you didn't get the recognition you deserved? I mean, you came in third, second, and second three years in a row. Anyone else in the world that would have done that would have been at the CrossFit Games?
1: I felt the opposite. I felt that I almost got too much recognition and notoriety for standing on the podium. I got a sponsorship from Reebok for just being the best athlete in an area that was undeveloped for cross. I don't want to say the people down there weren't fit because there's some people down there that did some incredible things. But if you wanted to look at statistics on people that were that were competing, that were getting fifth and sixth place in the Northeast region while I was standing on a podium, there was a big difference there. And so there's some workouts where my scores were up there, but but I got recognized. I got I got. As much recognition as I think I deserved, I, I, I don't think that they should have been like, "Oh man, they should have taken you to the games." And it's like, you know, maybe I don't finish in last place, but I'm not standing on the podium at the games. That's for damn sure.
0: So second place for you. Can you think of like who was who was still better than you in the Northeast, even though they didn't make it to the games or they weren't on the podium?
1: Oh, uh, let's see. I mean, 2013. Matt Frazier didn't make it to the games, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure he was fitter than I was. Uh, you know, 2014, Spencer Hendel didn't make it to the games. He was, I mean, I trained with those guys every day. Austin and Spencer didn't make it that year, and they were leaps and bounds in front of me.
0: You know, I made,
1: I, I beat Austin on one workout, which was the hang snatch. And
0: which was, the, which was the workout that cost him the games trip, right?
1: Correct, yeah.
0: Okay. That, that, that's fair. I just, you know, you, you see someone, you know, and that's the evolution of the, the sport, right? But you were a top athlete in that region and never got that opportunity to compete there. And you, what was the moment where you were like, I got to get out of St. Thomas? I, I don't
1: think I ever had that moment. I think that I was recognized by Reebok by being potentially a good, a, a good person to represent their brand in the area that I was. So they had reached out. I signed a contract with them. I came up for a photo shoot. And then the opportunity of what's kind of funny is just kind of being myself and, and, and being the center of attention during a photo shoot uh, caught the eye of Austin in the opposite way, because Austin was like, this guy is completely different from me in the fact that he likes the attention. He, you know, they were having me do flips off of stuff and being, be ridiculous and, and make fun of myself. I am not afraid, you know, I wasn't afraid to look bad in that. It's like, Hey, it's, it's a photo shoot. And when they needed a coach up there, Jared Davis was like, you got to get someone who has a little bit more personality. And so Austin was like this, this kid came up and, and James Hobart actually vouched for me. It's all kind of like the people that, you know, and that's when they said, Hey, do you want to come up for a potential coaching opportunity? And it wasn't that I was like, Oh, I need to make this parallel move as, as head coach of St. Thomas to a, a coach in Reebok CrossFit 1, but the opportunity to develop as a coach and as an athlete was significantly higher up here than it was down there.
0: Who's had the biggest influence on your coaching development?
1: On my coaching development? If I had to name one person, it can't be like a, a series of people?
0: Sure. Anybody that you want to give a credit to, but I, I mean – I. When I ask that, I assume you're going to say Austin, but is, are there other people that you would give credit to?
1: I wouldn't give as much to Austin, not saying that it, he wasn't a huge impact on me as a coach, but uh, I learn a lot. I'm contrarian by nature. So a lot of times when I'm told to do something, uh, even if it's, even if it's something I'm already doing, I'm more bound to stop doing it than continually do it because I'm told to. So a lot of times Austin and I would butt heads, but what really did was was spark conversations that made me dig deeper into understanding. And we would argue back and forth on stuff, even though he had a lot more knowledge. Sometimes I just think he was smart enough in the category that he would argue just for the sake of arguing. Like if I would have taken another stance, just to play devil's advocate, he would argue the other side of something. Um, Denise Thomas a lot in the in the sense that she practices, what she preaches, you know, with the lesson plans and writing that stuff down. It's like, Hey, if she's going to tell me to do this, she's doing it herself. So I think there was a lot in that, but I do have to give credit to James because I would watch the way he would treat people in the gym. And I would watch the way that he would speak clearly to classes. And, And I always found myself rushing where I learned more from just watching James, not from him actually teaching me anything, but just watching and seeing the things that I really liked as a coach and trying to replicate those things.
0: You know, Austin and you are two of the most polar opposite people I can think of. Yeah, you are super close together. Has Is having someone that is so different than you beneficial when you're trying to become a better coach or does it just drive you
1: crazy? If you're able to swallow your pride and you trust that person, it's, it's the most beneficial thing.
0: What was it? What's the biggest argument you've ever had with him?
1: Oh my gosh. You know, who would start laughing right now if they're listening to this is is Matt Delavalle. Our good, our
0: good buddy MDV who I've had on the show. Yeah. Why why would he laugh at this? And he worked with you guys for quite some time.
1: When he listens to this, he's not, I'm not even gonna, like during this portion, he knows exactly what story I'm gonna tell, and it cracks me up so much. So, I'm writing programming for the gym, and the programming that I write is so different from Austin because Austin is like couplets and triplets, keep it simple, elegant, and I like just doing different things, like having to explain a workout three or four times to a class so they're like, okay, I think I know what's going on here. And this was a little bit simpler. So it was like, I want everyone in the gym to work up to a heavy squat clean. It doesn't have to be a one rep max, but it's something that's really heavy. Meaning that once the form and mechanics started breaking down, once the elbows started dropping as they're standing on the clean, like that's your heavy weight for today. And then everyone was going to take 90% of that. And it was going to be like 60 burpees per time. Every minute on the minute, you hit one clean at that weight. And this is before, this is when it was like, percentages were not a part of crossfit's programming and like why is we did not put
0: too complex just yet this is not too bad yet
1: no, no no that that was the only workout the issue is that we didn't lift in percentages because it you know it wasn't a it wasn't a linear progression or it wasn't this like five three one Wendler lifted this percentage this percentage because we're doing a lot of different stuff so austin's main thing is that he just didn't want percentages on the website because they weren't exact, even though it didn't make sense in this scenario, because it was like, it's the percentage off of what they did just right then.
0: Right. Not off of something they should know from months ago.
1: Correct. So he was like, they're going to have to do math in there. And I'm like, well, then how do you want me to word it? Do you want me to say, take about 30 pounds off unless it's less than 150 pounds then you'll take about 20? Like, like, and we were like yelling at each other. And, and it like died down. And so he's just like, I said, like because it's my, you know, the last one he kind of pulled, I was like, because I run this gym and that's what I said. And so I sat there for a little bit and I go, so can I say about 10% of what you hit? And, and he just lost it. And, and Matt was like, just dying back and forth. It's, you know, and it was just like, it was just simple things. He didn't want percentages on there. And I thought it was a great work. And I didn't want to like back down from it and just change it to put a prescribed weight on there. Because if you're going to match the stimulus for everyone, that percentage would be the, the most appropriate way to get there. As opposed to having a prescribed weight that like, we just, it's the same thing. And, what was uh, the outcome? What what did you wind up going with? We did not put a percentage on the website.
0: Yeah, Austin wins as usual. So MDV was there just laughing at this whole situation?
1: Uh, oh, we brought it up multiple times. Like he had to leave the office because we were heat, like, like legitimately yelling at each other. And I was just like, You're just being ridiculous because you're you're blindly following something like a rule that says we don't put percentages on a website like this is this is in accordance with what you're saying to match the stimulus. Like the intended stimulus is going to be this and this is the And It was just like because he was so much smarter than me still is. But especially at that point that he was just like throwing things on top that like I didn't know how to combat. I was just so angry. Like, why can't you just let this happen?
0: So, so, someone listening, you're a high level coach. You're on the CrossFit Level One seminar staff. You know, I think we'd both agree the the best coaching staff in the world.
1: Level one and level two staff, no.
0: Level one and level two. So, people listening, we get a lot of coaches. They deal with similar scenarios with their box owner, other coaches, partners, etc. What can they do? What's something actionable from Connor Murphy? That will allow them to grow as a coach, although they may be dealing with someone as hard headed as austin
1: so as a coach to the owner-
0: Co- correct if if someone's listening, they just took their level one their level two, or they've you know they coach at a box for some time, and they're like, the box owner won't allow me to do x or the box owner makes us do this what what's something yeah. you have for them
1: i think I think a common thing that that I see is like the Hey, our, our, our owner wants to have four parts of a workout in a one hour session. And you guys are telling me that this is the, the part of it. And it's hard because you can be like, Oh, well, this is how it should be. But like how a coach would talk to that box owner is, I think that, I think that sh- not arguing it, but offering solutions to any question or problem to be like, Hey, I, I like it. And I understand this programming. Can we try this? for one day and see what happens I, I like to i like to put a bunch into like the technique part of the front squat and then we're going to do squat cleans afterwards in the workout there's not going to be a bunch of pieces to it. i just really want to teach this and it's almost like yeah we'll allow that to happen and then if it happens and it happens well to be like hey here's what ha- i want to do this again and instead of being like hey what you're doing is wrong we need to change it It's like just like, like finding small areas to where you can almost convince them that it was their idea.
0: Yeah. And, but like you said, I think a lot of it is have that solution there. And also if they agree, you better be prepared.
1: Oh, absolutely. If if there's any, if they're going to give you an inch, you've got to, you've got to take that for for everything that it's worth to where there's absolutely no doubt and then they're like, oh, man, that was really cool. Like, I feel like people came up to me afterwards. And they're like, I felt like I got better in this fight. I didn't just get work. I Like, I felt like I got better at this movement. And you're like, that's cool. Maybe we can do that more often. Like, yeah, maybe you program that two or three times. You're like, okay, I'll do that. And then it was like, you kind of have to swallow your pride because you're like, yeah, yeah, jackass. This is what I've been trying to do for a
0: <laughs> Yeah, I've been it's telling you we guys- should percentages on the website. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so you get there, you learn from Austin and now you know Reebok has moved from Canton to downtown Boston. You run the second floor, which you made sound like is everything but CrossFit. Is that true?
1: Yeah. I mean, we have, there's three different studios. We have our, our cycle studio, which holds all of our cycle classes. A lot of people think that it's spin classes, but spin is actually an affiliate very similar to CrossFit. So when you use spin, you're referencing a very specific license. Oh, man, I was um, Johnny
0: G spinning back in the day. Yeah, you don't got to tell me.
1: Um, and then there's a dance studio that hosts a lot of our Les Mills classes. There's, I mean, Body Pump, Body Jam, CX Work, Body Attack. Body do, you flow. Teach, do you teach the Body Jam class? I I participate in the Body Jam class every now and again. Body jam oh,
0: yeah. is basically dance aerobics.
1: It's not basically dance aerobics. It's choreographed dance aerobics. Yeah.
0: So I mean, we where I had Albany CrossFit, they had all the Les Mills classes in the gym and they had body pump and yeah, all that stuff. So if you've never seen Connor, he can dance.
1: This boy can body, dance. Body jam is is enjoyable.
0: So um, do you do you enjoy running that area as much as you would running a, a CrossFit affiliate?
1: it's a challenge and it's, it, and I work with different personalities and I work with people who know more about their discipline than I do. Yet I still have to make the decisions on what is best for the gym. And there's sometimes when I have to say, Hey, this class isn't what this class is and I need this class to take priority. And it's, and it's not, it's a, not an easy thing and it's absolutely a challenge, but I, I enjoy gaining proficiency there and actually managing people in an area that I I don't know as much about. And it also pushes me to understand and learn more about those disciplines, which isn't going to hurt me as a a coach or or as an athlete.
0: Has it opened your mind to fitness? I think you're pretty open-minded to begin with, but I think for a lot of people, once we find CrossFit, it's like liners on, this is the only type of fitness you need, this is all you should do. Has it allowed you to kind of say, maybe I can try body jam or body pump or a straight up bodybuilding workout that I don't need to only do CrossFit?
1: Um, you know, I was never, I was never on as much as, I guess I'm gonna to try to go two extremes here. CrossFit is the most effective way to get fit, hands down. There's just There's just nothing else as far as one defining fitness and two is just getting yourself there. But what that also means that you don't have to do CrossFit. You know, there are people who don't do any CrossFit at all who do the, who are instructors at the body gym They do the boxing classes. They'll do the the orange theory type fitness classes. They run stairs, they're active, they're outside. It's like, if you just get people moving and you understand that your priority is to get people moving, that's, that's the goal. And when people start to want to understand and know more, that's when you can start to give them those doses of CrossFit. That's when you start to throw. Well, there's a reason why you time things in CrossFit because this is what you can get from it. Here's, here's X and then here's your result. And it's really cool to get those wheels turning, but a lot of times you're going to turn someone off to CrossFit because you're like, hey, this is the end-all, be-all. And people, people take their – you know, people that do the cycle classes, the cycle beat style, you know, the, the music pumping – and if you go in there and just say, hey, you know, that the how your shoulder is meant to move, the mechanism is is incorrect what you're doing on the bike and you're gonna get and people are just like, you know, like hey, screw off, man. Like we're, we're, I'm trying to enjoy myself in here. Rather than, you know, you you hop into those classes and then when people are like, Hey, you know, I've got some shoulder stuff going on. Well, here's here's how I actually want you to press. This is the way our shoulder's meant to move in this position. Like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's why in, in CrossFit, where I'm teaching you to do a push up where your chest touches the ground and not halfway through, because a lot of times this will happen. And they're like, oh, man, awesome.
0: So, do you, do you see some of those classes and just cringe with some of the movements they do?
1: Um, not as much. You know, a lot of the trainers that we have here in the other disciplines are, are pretty squared away. Honestly, the, the thing that I see that I cringe the most with is when people just do half squats. Like I just want to go in there and say, this is fucking wrong.
0: Well, in, in some of those classes, I'm not trying to knock it, it's just they're they're moving on a beat, right? So it's hard to yeah. to to move through a full range of motion and stick to the number of reps you're supposed to be getting or to the beat you're supposed to be hitting. Absolutely. So, do we ever see Connor Murphy just go in there record screech to a stop <laughs> and yell at them to, to get below parallel?
1: what do you think the answer to that is
0: i think that once in a while that probably happens
1: <laughs> if if it's my class like if there's like a boot camp class that i'm learning in there, good but if it's someone else's discipline that's also part of it being like hey i know this isn't what's probably healthiest for them but they're having a good time and i've got to abide by what what i'm supposed to do as a manager here you know i'm not the the fitness manager I'm not the I'm not the the, the white Goodman to walk around and be like you call that a sit up like I'm I'm the manager of of people in classes and and, and if I'm going to have an instructor lead a class and they're going to have people half squat then I need to I need to take that up with the that instructor after the class but do I want to oh absolutely yeah
0: and then you can have the argument what's healthier you know squatting below not below parallel or not squatting at all right so at yeah. least they're moving.
1: Now, like, yeah, I can't squat anymore. My knees hurt, and it's like, well, yeah, because you squat like an idiot.
0: Yeah, we could fix that with some good squats. So, with Austin last year or earlier this year, actually, you guys released Wad on the Waves, which I was a part of. Huge event, super awesome. What's going on with it this year? A lot of people that are listening probably want to know when it's happening because I've been talking about it, and you know, it was really just incredible to be on this boat surrounded by fit people people like the entire mayhem team dan bailey josh bridges and you guys when when is it happening again and how that how did that even come about
1: so i don't i don't know if right now i'm allowed to say hey this is the exact date it's going to happen again i can tell you that it's in april and um there's still some stuff that's being finalized with it, but, but what on the waves, too, is 100 percent happening. We couldn't have been happier with the feedback that came from it, the amount of participation that we had and what in the direction that it's going. Um, how it came about was a few guys that had a, a pretty significant amount of money, were like, "Hey, we came up with this idea. We wanted to have fitness on a cruise, and we think you're the guys to help us do it." It was odd because they approached Austin and myself. And it was like, well, Austin and I run things very, very differently. And I think this was a start. And this was about three years ago. Maybe, two, yeah, about at least two and a half years ago, this was just an idea. And then it just kind of started moving forward from there. But it's like, we want to have that fun, outgoing, personality, party atmosphere in there. But we also want to make sure that, that the entire planning of it is very meticulous and that everything you know goes off accordingly And into where Austin and I can both can both complete a task very well we may go about it different ways which made us really understand that working together was the best way to do it so we we flew down to miami we looked at a cruise ship the guys were like is this doable we said yes and then it was like all right what equipment do we need how many people do we need on board what are the classes how many coaches what and then it just it kind of spawned to this like this huge fitness that went outside of just the realm of like like your typical CrossFit affiliate goers to where it's like, Hey, we're going to have this, this, you know, the the same stuff you're seeing in your affiliate we're going to have on this boat. Um, and You know, we're, we're doing these movements we're doing, you know, we have the concept too. There's going to be rowers on this, boat. we're essentially going to take a cruise ship and what a normal cruise ship is. And I I hate to offend people when I say this, but in St. Thomas, when you, you refer to cruise ship passengers as newlywed, overfed, or almost dead, and It's like those are the typical people who go on cruises. So what if there was this aspect to make it a drop for this younger generation? And it's that hey, these people don't want to just go eat at the buffet, get fat, and be you know sedentary. These people want to move, but they want to enjoy the island hopping experience that cruise ship you know brings. So we did our best attempt to try to bring what we thought the the fit generation or community, whether it was. You did CrossFit, you did yoga, for you did cycle classes, bodybuilding, powerlifting, any of that stuff. We wanted to give something to to each one of those kind of disciplines to bring them on board a boat. And this January, we had twenty seven hundred people that just gave a gave a shit about fitness a little more than they did, um, you know, just going on a vacation. Come on board with us, and you know, somehow we pulled it all together, and it was a, it was an absolute blast.
0: Yeah, it was it was a blast, and you know when I was a kid, I cruised a lot. That was what my parents liked to do. So, having experienced a lot of cruises, this was even better because, you know, I always make sure I can work out on cruises. It usually becomes a lot of body weight stuff, and you know, just finding some space in their gyms. But this was so cool. There was rigs set up, and I, I remember one of the the funniest parts of the of the trip for me was. I was hanging out on one of the rigs and the entire Mayhem team. So Rich Froning and his teammates come out and they're, they're basically doing Cindy. And then there was another rig, maybe 20 feet away. And it was a lot of like bodybuilding people doing curls and, you know, strict toes to bar. And it was just so funny for me stepping back to watch the two different groups of fitness, but, but everybody just having a good time. And it, it was it was really fun to see and you know there were the bodybuilders that were getting on the ski ergs doing tricep extensions which was fun to watch
1: that was great oh yeah
0: you know and then there was the crossfitters that were doing bodybuilding so it, it was cool and if you just want to watch fit people work out that was cool I, I i loved listening to hinshaw give his seminars and and get out there and practice so there was so much cool stuff and I always say about a cruise, you can eat really well too. There's just tons of fruits and vegetables. It's up to you how much you want to drink. Like if you want to do the fireball 10 K with Connor Murphy and do shots of fireball every, every 500 meters or whatever you got, you could do that. But if you want to just go to the buffet and grab some pineapple, you can do that as well. So I'm excited that it'll be back again. When, where can people find out about that?
1: We're going to, there's going to be some announcements going live on Instagram. Um, new website is going to be launched here pretty soon and then um be looking for tickets to go on sale in uh in july tentatively uh, but it, it's it's going to happen and the second one is going to be even better than the first and it's you know we take the feedback that we got from from everyone on board you know we, we separate it in different categories and say hey how can we attack this so now we're going to have, with it being in April of next year, we're going to have this year to really take care and get get everything squared away as far as that goes. And it's, um, gosh, I'm I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, Roz really did not want to go on a cruise, and she's already said she will never go on another cruise except water on the Waves. So yeah, there you go. We got, Forget-
1: a, we got a lot of that feedback. People being like, I can't go on another cruise now. Because like what you said, you do have healthier options, but on this cruise, we, we actually brought, we had Eva Claire Sienkowski completely redo the menu as far as not only what foods were available, but the amount of what foods were available. Like you're not going to have on a normal cruise, you're going to have pancakes be the number one item for breakfast, not fried eggs and bacon. When you go on a, on a cruise where people really care about that stuff, it's going to be the opposite. So the whole change in that, it's, it was very cool and it's very unique.
0: Yeah, it was great. Classes all day long, you know, so many options. I remember that first day, there were these two girls that came. I coached, like, a 6 a.m. class with Ryan Fisher, and I saw those girls take, like, three classes in a row, and I'm like, all right, those girls are going to have Rabdo, and they're done for the week. And then they would be back in the next day just working out all day. They loved There were it. some
1: people who literally went to every class they could. It yeah, well, like, just nonstop.
0: You're getting coached by something. I mean, it was – whether it was him or you or Austin, Vellner's on there, like some amazing coaches. Yeah, you want to just take advantage. Now yeah. big change coming up in your life. How excited are you to be a Daddy Connor? Is that what you're gonna go uh, by? Papa Connor?
1: Papa Murphy. Papa Murphy. You excited about this? I'm so excited. I can't tell you. The you know, the whole process of of finding the, the right person which was it was we had such a great test with with living together working together competing together for the 2017 season we got engaged in 2018 we got married she was like i want to i want to go right into having kids i wanted to wait a little bit so i, I wanted to put some focus on this "watt on the waves thing and, and i knew it was a great opportunity and um and it was something that both both her and i work hard enough and and are i, I suppose sufficient enough at our jobs to be able to be able to have a kid and continue to continue to work and, and be okay. Um, you know, we bought a house together about a year ago, and you know, now we have a baby on the way, and I, I can't I can't tell you how excited I am. Baby girl. How
0: did how did you know when it was the right person? You meet Rachel Martinez. How did you know she was the one?
1: You know, this is an interesting question, and I've and I've answered this on a much less public setting <laughs> to the, to. A, Friend of mine recently, to where you know people say, "Oh, when you know, you know," and I think that's bullshit. Maybe it is for some people, but it, that wasn't it for me. And I had dated before, and and met some really awesome people. And there are some character traits in Rachel that I had yet to find in another woman, and she is a better human. She is a better person than I am, and when I realized that and I understand that if I'm going to make this commitment to her and we're going to do this and we're going to raise a family together, not everything's going to be perfect, but I'm making that decision. You make that decision just like every day you wake up and go to work. And there may be a time where you're like, Hey, I don't want to work this job anymore. And unless you have some, something legally binding you to that job, there's, there's no, there's no reason why you can't just walk away. But when I made that commitment to Rachel, it was, no matter how good or bad, this is, this is the commitment I'm going to make to you. And there's times where you got to, you got to sack up, you got to man up on, on some stuff where so it's like, Hey, things aren't the best that they, they could ever be right now. But I made this commitment to this person who is better than I am. And so we're going to have to ride this thing out. We have to communicate and, and go through it. And, and, and once I had decided that, that it was no longer like, Oh, is she the right one? It's like, I'm going to make her the, the right one by giving her what she deserves. And I think that was when it was like, yep, we're we're gonna do this thing. And and since then I haven't haven't looked back at all. There's been times where it's been hard, absolutely, and we're only a year into our marriage, but I've never looked back to say, hey, this wasn't the right decision because I made the decision and I will continue to make that decision every day that I wake up.
0: Yeah, I think that's the best part about being married. It's like you're committed and you're, everything you do is for the to move you guys in the right direction. And it's gonna be that's one thing you have to accept. It's going to be hard but it's like anything else. It's, it wouldn't be worth it otherwise.
1: Yeah. And that's, no, I think it, it comes back to the same thing. We'll take it on a less serious subject, but a lot of times people ask me like, oh, Conor, you're kind of like known as the party guy. And and I think that'd be fair to say, and I don't want to like toot my own horn, but I, I, I'm also known as someone who, who gets their job done, who, yeah, he can go out and party, but he's also the guy who's going to wake up the next day and get that stuff done. And, and sometimes when you care about, people and environments and and your tasks and responsibility and following up with what you say it it takes a lot of this like guessing game out of it it takes the oh i don't feel great today maybe i'm not going to do this it's like you make a commitment to something it doesn't matter what happened beforehand it's what's going to happen right now when you wake up in the morning and you're a little bit hung over but you still have a job to do you get up and you do that job
0: yeah i i you know i agree with that about you you are someone that when i see your name pop up i'm like oh this shit might get crazy we might go roller skating in tampa but i'm not worried that barbells aren't going to get set rings aren't going to get set connor murphy gets gets the job done no matter what uh last question i want to ask i ask everybody what's a book you recommend the audience checks out
1: oh gosh There's a lot of, maybe like, maybe give me a category, like a category of what type of book?
0: Any any book. What's one book you, I mean, every time I see you, you have a different book on you, so you're constantly reading, but what's just one book you've loved and you think the audience would benefit from?
1: Um, The War of Art. The War of Art. Who's that by? Um, Let me look it up. It's the same person who, um, uh, Turning Pro.
0: Last time when you and I spoke, you recommended a book called Traction as well. So you check out The War war of Art? I'll I'll, I'll add that to the list. I have a list compiled from all the guests of the book they recommend. So always looking for new stuff to read.
1: Yeah, um, Stephen Pressfield. He has a, a few books, but he has two, Turning Pro and the war of art. And as far as just like general reads for people, because I, I mean, we can go down a like a path to where it's like, Oh, what are you focusing on? This is a really good book for that. I think it's for anyone to read. Um,
0: Some, I forget what guest I had on, but they recommended uh, turning pro. I forget who it was, but one of the guests recommended that book. So I'll definitely check him out now that he's been recommended twice.
1: Well, let me recommend another book then if someone else already recommended that. What's that? A Message to Garcia.
0: A Message to Garcia. Why that book? You read it? I've not read it, no. Albert Hubbard in
1: 1899 wrote this book. It'll take you about 20 minutes to read. Yep. It's just this thin little book, and it is wildly profound and, and just away just get it done
0: all right well i'm going to listen to that today or read it today a uh, message to garcia so thanks for those two recommendations anything else we can throw out there for you connor
1: um you know i appreciate you bringing me on here i think i think people people wanting to hear what i have to say is is somewhat new as if i don't have that personal connection with someone so I, I think I have some, some learning to do on, on how to speak to a general public rather than people that know me. Uh, but I really appreciate you having me on here. I'm looking forward to getting you back for, uh, for the second lot on the waves. And, I'm, yeah, uh, We
0: are excited about that. And as you know, Jenny and I are in Largo at the end of June, and I told
1: her I would go roller skating this time. So I need to see, I need to see videos of that because you I, know what? I was willing to bet that when we were out there just rollerblading, just hitting it with with the the songs and trying not to crash at one point in time you were like man i bet rollerblading would be fun right now as you were laying in bed you know what i don't
0: have a lot of regrets i don't know that it's a regret but i i think it would have been fun and well again it wasn't about not being fun it was about being too set in my way so i need to have a little more connor murphy and (laughs) uh live in the moment but uh i appreciate you being on and you know, the, there was a couple of people at the box down here. I had you sign shoes for them last you know, a couple of years ago. But yeah, they def, they're definitely people that are big fans of Connor. And I think the big aspect of what they love about you is you do have that fun, outgoing personality, but you get shit done. You know, whether it's you can enjoy a drink or two. They love that you're sponsored by Miller Lite, but can still throw down and be just about anybody in the world that a workout, So it's, it's pretty cool to see someone that lives in balance and um, it's, it's been great chatting with you.
1: Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. And if, um, if you have anyone who has feedback or wants any questions, just give them my email and, and I'll, uh, I'll always respond to that.
0: Yeah. I'll put all your stuff in the notes and um, it'll be great. They can reach right out to you. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Connor. All right. Guys. We'll talk soon. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. Take a moment, head over to the Apple Podcast app or Spotify or Google or whatever you use and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us and it's what allows us to spread the word. Also, share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody at the box to listen to the best hour of their day and let us know what we can do to provide you a better experience. Do you have topics you want us to talk about? People you want us to interview? We are here for you, the community. We're here to give back, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Best Hour of Their Day.